Well, it is awesome to have you guys here this evening. It's Wednesday, and we are ready to get into uh, what God is going to share with us today. How many of you guys were here on Sunday? Was there anyone that was in uh, church Sunday morning? Pastor brought the word Sunday morning. Were you there? It was good, wasn't it? I was listening to his message Sunday morning and sitting there thinking, this is so important to how I live my life. Uh, real quick, for those of you that don't know, my name's Tim Gillia. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. I've been on staff for a while, and I spent several years working in student ministries and in youth ministries and kids ministry here. Uh, and I learned something through that time. And what I learned through that time, <laughs> I learned a lot through that time. Let me hold up and Hold up, brother. One of the things I recognized during that time is how the enemy tries to get us to isolate ourselves, but that God has a design, and that's for us to live inside community, right? So just take a minute and and just just kind of swivel your head around and look at all these brothers and sisters that you have that we get to do this thing called life with in here. If you're online, you got a community as well. Just type in there like this is my community and I'm so excited. One of the things we get to do is we get to choose to live inside community. Um, and one of the things that God was kind of God kind of gave me for, uh, as I was getting going today, is that I feel like there's someone in here that's been kind of going through the ringer. Uh, I should pause for a second. If you're joining us online, I'm so excited that you're here with us as well. And this could be someone online, it could be someone here, but that you feel like you've been going through the ringer. And the verse that really stuck out to me was 1 Peter 5.8, which says, the, the devil or the enemy is going around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The, the word I had for you is the devil has no place in your life. God's given you the victory and you get to walk it out. So I don't know who that's for, if, if it's online or if it's someone here. Uh, but I just felt like the devil's taking you through the ringer. And you feel like you're all alone, and the devil's trying to devour you, but that God has the victory for you. So if that's you, that's for you. Take it and uh, stand on that verse. This last Sunday, Pastor was teaching on tests and trials and deserts. It was the third part of his series, and he really dove into Romans 12, 1 and 2, which when I read Romans 12, 1 and 2, I get psyched. Because I realized some things, and what I want to do tonight is I want to take a little bit of a dive deeper into what Romans 12, 1 and 2 can mean for us in our lives practically. Because sometimes we could go to church, and we can hear an incredible message, but we don't try to apply it or we forget about it by Monday. Anyone been there? I've been there. Uh, especially if you're going to multiple services a week, sometimes it's like, okay, what was talked about? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. But what I wanted to do is just kind of be practical and flesh that out a little bit. Uh, one of the things we do here at Res Life, because we so badly want Sunday's message to go beyond Sunday, we have something called Beyond Sunday, which is an email list you can subscribe to, and you'll get this, uh, you'll get this PDF document, and you'll get there's a there's a video that can go along with it that is a deeper dive into what's shared on Sunday morning. So we're gonna kind of do that 
live tonight. We're going to kind of look at Romans 12, 1 and 2, and there's going to be some group participation here. So if you're not by somebody that's in with, within earshot, you don't have to sit right next to somebody, but if you're around someone within earshot, you're going to be asked some questions that you get to have conversations. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, Iron sharpens iron, therefore one person sharpens another. And a lot of times when we live inside community and we get to have conversations about the Bible, then we get to figure out how we can apply that to our life. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to share a little bit on Romans 12, 1 and 2, which pastors shared this last week. I've got a few things I'm going to say, and then we're going to facilitate some conversation. It's super simple questions that you're going to get to ask the person that's kind of within earshot of you, uh, that you're going to get to ask them. You'll get to answer them. There's a table up here because if you're online joining us, you're going to be part of a conversation with a couple of guys up here where they're going to be walking through. So just so you guys know, you're going to see people on stage talking. You're not supposed to listen to them. They're there for the online community. Here we go. I'm going to dive into this. This is literally one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And the NASB say this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God which is your spiritual service of worship. If you were here this last Sunday, pastor stopped here, and he said that when we choose to live for God versus choosing to live for ourselves, when we do that, it's actually an act of worship. We say, we say praise and worship when we're singing, but when we choose to stop and say, God, I'm going to live for you, that is also an act of worship. It says it's an acceptable act of of worship, acceptable to God. It goes on to say this, and this is kind of the bulk of what these two verses say. It says, and do not be conformed. Everyone say conformed. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Say transformed. Do not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, which is good and acceptable and perfect. The, verse, uh, the version that pastor used on Sunday morning said this, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you. I love that, beg of you. I just kind of take for a minute and stop there and think, what does it mean for someone to beg of me? So, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies presenting all your members and facilities as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, reasonable meaning rational or intelligent service and spiritual worship. We have to decide to not let the world conform us. Amen? We have to choose, and I think, I think it's really easy to feel pressure from the outside on how we're supposed to act and how we're supposed to dress and how we're, uh, what cars we're supposed to drive. Some of you might be of a family that's, we're diehard Chevy, and some of you might be from a family, we're diehard Ford or, or Dodge, and it's like you feel that pressure on you at times. But the, but, but the Bible says don't let 
Now, obviously, the type of car you drive really isn't a spiritual issue, but it's, a, it's an example. <laughs> I thought of, like, iPhone versus Android. There you go. That's maybe a little bit more touchy one. But, but, but there's so often pressures on the outside that are trying to determine the direction we live our life. And, and as Christians, what this verse is saying is that we have to say no. Actually, one of the verses that pastor mentioned was Titus 2, 11 through 13. And it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust or enabling us to say no, is what he said. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. The great, basically saying the grace of God enables us to say no. When I read that, I think that, that there is a great deal of responsibility when we realize the grace of God. But getting back to our verse for today, we're going to get into a couple questions and allow you guys to have some conversation. I'm going to invite the guys to come up that are going to be joining for our online discussion up here. They're going to be facilitating the conversation here for our online community while we get to turn to the people that are around us. You don't have to gather too close, but get close enough where you can kind of have a conversation if you're if you're on your own. I'd love to see like three or four people hanging out. If it's two, that's fine as well, but three or four is is great. But we're going to look at this. We're going to throw the, the verse up one more time. I'm going to read it. We're going to read it, and then I'll go into some questions. So, again, the verse, if you could throw that up. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. It goes on to say, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, which is good and acceptable and perfect. I'm going to see if you can leave that verse up for a few minutes just like that. And I'll throw out the first question in a few minutes. The first question will pop up there just in case you forget it. But the first question is this, that you can kind of turn and have some conversations with the people next to you. But it's super simple. When you look at this verse... When you read this verse, what's a word or two that stands out to you? What pops out to you? Just a word. It could be any word in there, but you just say, when I read that verse, this is the word that feels like it has the most weight in there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my microphone down. We're going to begin to have some conversations. In a few minutes, you'll see me come up, and this is what I'm going to say. I'll say, all right, if we can bring it back in for a quick minute. Then I'll give a pause, and then I'm going to share some perspective of this verse from which words st stood out to me. And then uh, I've got a few other things we're going to do. Is that good? So if you're, if you're kind of by yourself, go ahead, take a minute and shift around and find someone that you're in within earshot of. And, uh, and we're going to have some good conversations. So again, the question is, what word stands out to you when you read this verse? Can we put... The question's right there, and we'll kind of put the verse up in a few minutes again, and then the question will kind of rotate through them a little bit. All right, all right. If you want to bring it back in here for a minute, I know you're deep in conversation. Uh, honestly, what I, what I thought about right now is the fact that the Bible is living and active. And the crazy thing is, is all of us, have a completely different perspective of this verse and what it means to us. So when I was reading this verse, uh, the word that really like hit me was sacrifice. Uh, and then I was just talking about acceptable. 
Like, but sacrifice, like that's, that, that's a word that carries some weight in my mind. Uh, I, think, I think Old Testament, uh, you're reading through the Old Testament and you read about the altar and how they would bring a sacrifice and they would take the life of the animal and they would put it up on the altar. Uh, Pastor Duane refers to this and he says, we, and he talked about it briefly on Sunday morning where he said, we don't present a dead sacrifice, we present a living one. And he's often referred to the fact that when we present a living sacrifice, our flesh tries to pull itself back off the altar. How many times have you guys been trying to live for the Lord and your flesh says, no? Anyone? Well, what do we do in that moment? We continue to push through. We continue to push past that. Uh, we, we allow our spirit self, which is our true self, to take control in that moment. And we walk out what it means for me in this situation or for you in your situation to step by step live for the Lord. I don't know about you guys, but my recognition right there is the fact that that is difficult. There is a lot of challenging moments when it comes to walking out life with God. I love what Psalms 139 verses 13 and 14 say, Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. It's this idea of saying, God, I'm not going to be in control, but I'm going to let you be in control, and I want you to show me what I need to change. But let's get back to this verse. So therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Flip to the next one. Look at this. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, which is good and acceptable and perfect. So we're going to go back to a little bit of discussion with the people around us and online as well. But the question that you're going to talk about this is, what is an example of the world trying to conform people? So, so, so this, this verse says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. So my, my thing, let's talk about this. Like, what's an example of the world trying to conform people? We'll talk about that for a few minutes, then I'll come right back up. All right. If you can kind of bring it back in for a minute, bring it back right up here. So the, the question was this. The question was, give an example of how the world may try to mold people. If you look at the Greek of this, that word mold people gives the idea of taking an outward shape. And when I read this, the first thing I thought about was Christmas cookies, right? I mean, anyone else like some Christmas cookies? I love Christmas cookies. Uh, one of my favorite times is we take and uh, we've got a big like peninsula in our house and we uh, get it all set and prepped and we make the cookie dough and we just roll it out and my kids are surrounding the peninsula and I'm just slapping lumps of lumps of dough in front of them that are rolled out and what are they doing? They're reaching for their favorite shape, right? They reach and they grab that favorite shape. Uh, One of mine is it's a pickup truck that's got a tree in the back of it, a Christmas tree hanging out the back. And you take that, and what do you do? You sit there and you stamp as many times as you can, rotating it around to get as many of those cookies out, right? And it's like a mass production. This is the shape that this cookie's going to be. That's exactly what the world tries to do with us. 
culture wants to put these expectations on how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to look, what we're supposed to uh, look like, what we're supposed to do, what's right, what's wrong. And what we have to realize as Christians is the source of right and wrong doesn't come from anything except the Word of God. So we have to choose to say, I'm going to be a person that's fully submitted to the Word of God and what He says, and I'm going to allow that to be the motivating factor of what I do, how I act. But so often, especially in our culture, Western culture, like there's so much pressure to wear the right clothes, to do the right stuff, to post the right things on social media, all so that you can look a certain way, where God's like, whoa, 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 let's take a step back. And God's like, this is what I want. I want you to live a life that's set apart, that's holy unto him. I want you to be a person that encourages other people and doesn't discourage how easy it is to to be discouraged by the world. But God says, no, be encouraging. That's what we're called to do. When we're living life, we're called to be Jesus to the person next to us, right? I'll often say, like, you're, you're a translation of the Bible, so let's be accurate. Someone is looking at you to figure out what Jesus looks like, so let's be accurate to that. I've got one more question that we're going to quickly run through. Uh, I'm going to give you just a couple minutes on this to discuss amongst yourselves. The question is this, what does it mean to renew your mind? Again, what does it mean to renew your mind? I'll be back up in a minute and we'll wrap it up. All right, all right, all right. If you can kind of bring it back up here. I'm just looking at the time and thinking it's 738 and we probably should wrap this thing up. But it's amazing what can happen in the conversations that can happen when you just choose to dive into what God's word says. And my my hope and my prayer is that tonight you really got to to take away that you can look at Romans 12, 1 and 2 and these two amazing verses about living our lives for God, and you could find a way that you can apply that a little bit more to your life from here on out. Uh, But I want to answer this question real quick because I think this is super important. What does it mean to renew your mind? The first thing I do when I think of that is I think of 2 Corinthians 5.17, which says, uh, therefore, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Now, I think all of us would realize that when we get saved, our physical body doesn't change. Outside, pastor said this, I think, this weekend. He says it all the time. When we get saved, we look the same as we looked before we got saved. But inside, in our inner man, uh, it, our spirit is, is made alive again, and that's renewed. So you got your spirit that's renewed. you got your flesh that's, that's not renewed. And in the middle, you've got this thing called your mind, your will, and your emotions, or what we would refer to as our soul. And when we renew our mind, it's taking our soul and partnering it more with our spirit than with our flesh. Taking and choosing to say, I'm going to attach more with what the word says, more with who I know God is, rather than what my feelings say because of what's going on around me. And the ways we do that is, is we choose to spend time reading our Bible and praying and worshiping and fellowshipping and having conversations in pews on Wednesday night about what the Word of God says, right? This is, this is practically how we take and begin to walk this out. And we get the opportunity to do this each and every time. So my, my question for you tonight is, what's your one takeaway? 
what's your one takeaway? And I think mine is actually a conversation I had where it's like the word acceptable. And I want to make sure that my sacrifice to God is acceptable to him. Would you guys do me the honor of closing your eyes and bowing your heads? The one thing I want to make sure I do is offer up anyone in here an opportunity to ask Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior. I'm going to count to three, and if you would say today that you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, when I count to three, I just want you to raise up your hand, and I just want to agree with you in prayer. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, one, two, three, raise up your hand if that's you. Hands going up, hands going up, yep, hands in the back, come on, come on. I want everyone in here, whether you raise your hand or you didn't, say, Jesus, today I choose to accept your sacrifice to renew me. I recognize that I've fallen short, but I know that you paid for my sins when you went on that cross. So I confess today that you're my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen, amen. Come on, can you guys give them a hand?